0: Welcome to Dear Sparrow's podcast. We are on week nine of the Unveiled series, which is actually our last week. Um, but tonight we are, uh, we have the blessing to have my good friend Christina on the podcast. Christina. Hi, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got to start it off kind of fun because Christina's new on the podcast and we yes. love it. So Christina, give us um, like one
1: really interesting and unique fact about yourself. Oh, geez. Um, okay, I'm Christina, hi Um, a unique fact about me Um, okay, so this is actually a little story When I was really young Probably like three or four I, um, was leaning back I was at Golden Corral with my family (laughs) And I was leaning back in my high chair And I hit my head on the table behind us And cracked it open And they had to, like, evacuate the Golden Corral And I had to get staples in my head And I still have the scars (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: It was that's not what really, I was expecting. That's I really love a it.
1: Fun fact. <laughs> that's great. But that's like the first thing that popped into my head. I love feel like it. It really defined me as a person. No, I think
0: that's great, and I can't wait to see like the like moment by moment play on this show because it's gonna like spike up. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so. Yeah, fantastic. Cool. Oh my gosh. Um. So this week we the chapter is fearless. So if you have the book and you're following along. Or if you don't have the book and you're like, I'm just going to listen to this podcast series to basically read the book. No, buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to be open to people who don't read, but then also like, please read. Yeah, just read it.
1: Aud- or is it on Audible or anything?
0: It's not on Audible, but it is on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle.
1: Okay, yeah, just read it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Crazy people. So this week is called Fearless, which kind of is the heart, it is the heart of the whole book of, you know, finding identity but then walking fearlessly into that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the next few sub-chapters of this chapter walk into courageously walking into who you really are. So, Christina, you will take it away on
1: new wine. Yes. Um, I loved this part of the book. Um, I think Callie does a really good job of kind of explaining the whole... Um, wine skins thing because I'm I'm actually gonna be honest I never really understood that metaphor because um, I've read about it a lot um, and I never understood what putting old wine in in or putting new wine in old wineskins meant and why it was bad I really never understood that until I read this um, but it's it's basically saying that like when when God when God brings you through something and you come out stronger on the other side. It's, you shouldn't go back to your old mindsets and back to the old things um, before you came through that thing. Um, So essentially, stepping into who you are instead of, and who you're meant to be instead of like stepping backwards. Um, Yeah, so if you have the book on page 94, (laughs) um, it talks about the, you shouldn't put old, um, new wine into old wine skins, for the new wine would burst the wine skins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wine skins, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. That last part I don't really understand. But the first part in Luke five thirty seven, 37... Um, I
0: think it means that it, like when as it ages, it gets better in time. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so that's kind of like if we're... Got, I, I'm not a wino right. by mm-hmm. any means necessary. Me either. I mean, it's like... <laughs> This is a red. Yeah. This is a white. (laughs) I drink champagne and that's exclusively what I drink, so. I drink Diet Coke. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's my treat. Right. Um, But I think that's what that portion of the verse meant. Okay, gotcha. But to, but the overall thing of this is, like, if you're putting in, if you're doing a new habit, don't rely like if if you're walking into your new self don't start relying on your old habits and the old things you used to do yes right because you're maturing in time right um so yeah yeah exactly
1: um and so I also um compare it to clothing um let's say you have a very comfortable pair of jeans in high school Um, Okay, so say you have, like, a favorite pair of jeans you have in high school. And I don't know about you, but I don't still fit in my pair of jeans from high school. But let's say you have a favorite pair of jeans, and you wear them out. So you have holes everywhere. They start to get too small, whatever. You go off to college, okay? You're a new human. You bought so many new clothes. And then you come home for break, and you try to put on these old pair of jeans from high school. As good as they made you feel at one point and as right as they were for you at that point, they are not right for you anymore. And so you need to take them off (laughs) because they're cutting into your muffin top and (laughs) they got holes everywhere, girls. So you got to get rid of them. Um, And so the same kind of goes with your old habits and behaviors. I have behaviors from, you know, college and, and before that that were very comfortable for me. And... Since then, God has like brought me through some stuff that has eliminated the need for those behaviors and habits. Um, so, for example, I'm gonna get super real. Like, I've been I've been single my whole life, and um, for all my single ladies out there, you know how painful it can be. And when I was in college, I really, really, really did not want to be single anymore. I didn't feel the need for it. I was like, God, I don't understand why I'm still single, but I'm just going to take it into my own hands. And so since I didn't really know how to deal with the pain of being single and how to rely on on God instead, I would rely on the specific behavior where I would, you know, go out on the weekends and I would go to a party and I would get drunk or anything to really loosen myself up and then I would find a cute guy and you know we would make out or whatever and then I would feel fulfilled for a day or two or whatever and then I would feel empty again and so I would just keep going in that cycle and it became very comfortable for me and it was the only way I knew how to deal with that pain I guess but now since then I've learned how to deal with that pain in a different way. And instead, I've learned how to come to God with that pain and ask him to fill that that void instead. And so now it would be very, very foolish for me to go out tomorrow night and get drunk and make out with some guy and expect it to fulfill me because it's not going to. It's an old habit and behavior that sort of worked for me at the time, but now it would be ridiculous to go back to that. Um, So that's... That's kind of what came to mind when I was thinking about this old wine... Or new wine and old wineskins kind of thing. Um, is our, our habits and behaviors and our sin that we need to step out of. Um, because they no longer work for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think it comes into,
0: as well, this is your new self. And so you want to... Mm-hmm. If you're going to decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually be me. Mm-hmm. And walk into that. You, you can't keep doing the old habits that weren't you, right. weren't truly you. Right. Um, yeah. They were kind of the band-aids and the coping mechanisms, and it's, right. it's not necessary anymore until yeah. you put them away
1: Absolutely. Um, to walk
0: into your new self. And that's a beautiful thing when you get to do that, mm-hmm. and you get to discover, like, that this is what actually makes me happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's a cool thing. I think it also plays a lot into, um, and it should be noted, that a lot of times when you're walking into yourself, the people that you maybe have known your whole life Mm -hmm. might not fit quite into that culture, you know, your, your circle anymore. And so, um, it it might be a new group of people that you hang around that Mm -hmm. help and you embrace you and who you really are and encourage those qualities in you that really are innate in you. Sure. Yeah. So absolutely looking kind of into that new chapter too. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, yeah, and on the next page, Kelly um, talks about how, in order for us to, like, practically, how can we step into the new season or the new wineskins? Um, and you give a couple of steps. Like, the first thing is, we can put away old lies that the enemy has told us. We can believe no longer that we are forgotten, forsaken, and unfortunate. Um, and... What I really thought of in terms of the old lies that the enemy has told us, um, it brings agreements to mind. And I don't know if you guys are really—I fam- know you are, Callie—but if you guys are familiar with <laughs> I agreements, told you about <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Callie told me about this. Um, but John Eldridge, who is a really Jesus-centered dude and so wonderful, he wrote *Wild
0: at Heart* for those of you yes. who don't know. His wife wrote *Captivating*, and they've written a slew of other books. Yeah.
1: About. Um, So he's got a podcast called The Ransom Heart Podcast. I highly recommend a listen. (laughs) Yeah, he's great. Um, But on this one particular podcast episode, he talks about agreements. And agreements are basically when the enemy has told you a lie or someone has told you something, and you accept that lie or that thing as fact, and then you present it as fact. So, for example, let's say... Or actually, this is very specific to me. Growing up, I was never thin, have never been thin in my life. And then I started, to, um, I started to link that with my being single my whole life. And so my agreement that I made with myself and with others is that I am single because I'm not thin. Mm-hmm. Or I am not thin enough to be loved. And that's the agreement that I made. And I walked in that um, for a really long time. And I still struggle with that. I still walk in that. Um, but basically if you want to step into the new wine skins, you need to break those agreements. So one thing I've been doing is praying that God would show me what agreements I've made and then showing me how to break them. Cause they're not easy to break. A uh-huh. lot of them start from a tiny piece of truth, right? Me, Never being thin my whole life is truth. That's just fact, right? But me linking it to my singlehood, that's where the lie comes in. And that's how the enemy is so sneaky and so Mm -hmm. tricky in getting us to link those things in our lives and form them into these seemingly unbreakable agreements. Mm -hmm. But they can be broken um, only with God's help. That's a foothold that the enemy has. And I think that's, honestly, I think a lot of people fall into
0: that mm. belief that, you know, well, if I was thinner, if I was this, if I was that, right, then I would have this happiness. Yes. And those agreements are things that, um, uh, ironically, I think they're things that we come into agreement with, but it doesn't mean that we want to. Right. It doesn't mean we want to agree. That's yeah. We willingly want to. It's that we feel so down that like this must be why right that has to be the reason and the enemy convinces us and for some reason in our heads and in isolation that sounds like such truth mm-hmm. we're like you're right you know it, yeah. it's this horrible thing and right. and I can relate in that because I um have often on dealt with this eating disorder for, mm. for 10 years and, and when I was in high school it was kind of I horribly unpopular mm. can you believe it
1: <laughs> same girl
0: <laughs> um but I, I fell into the belief that, because uh, well, ironically, like, I don't know, and I'm not blaming this or whatever, but, but one of the girls who really, really bullied me was just insanely thin. Mm. Um, and so somehow, I don't know why, but the enemy convinced me that if I were also thin, mm-hmm. then she would stop bullying me. Right. I don't know why that's why I thought that, that was, like, a, a fact. Right. And so I fell into this eating disorder, mm. became disgustingly skinny, mm. and she still bullied me. <laughs> and, right. You know, and then so that's, I think that was, like, proof of the lie. Yes. Um, but then, you know, you, you've you dug yourself into this deep hole that you, it's hard to, to break that agreement. But like right. you said, you know, coming into and, and giving that to the Lord and taking that to the throne and saying, I, I no longer want to be in agreement with this. Right. I know no longer want this to be something that I consider as truth. Mm-hmm. I want this to be broken in the name of Christ. And I want to walk forward into what God actually has as truth for me. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a fearless thing to do. Mm. That's yep. a hard thing to do. That's a fearless thing to do. And yeah. honestly, I think that's something that it's. And John Eldridge talks about this too, is a lot of agreements have to, you have to come into gre- the new agreement mm. yep. daily. Yeah. You have to come into the new agreement that I am worthy of love. Mm-hmm. I am... Okay, exactly how I am. Mm-hmm. I am cherished by God regardless of what the tag says, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and come into that new agreement. But that, that's an everyday thing. Yeah. Um, kind of like when we talked about in chapter two with names, you know, names that we then call ourselves. Like if you call yourself fat, or if you call yourself ugly, or if right. you call yourself dumb, um, those are agreements that we've made.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: The enemy has convinced us, or that we have come to a test of ourselves, but coming into agreement saying, with breaking it and mm-hmm. saying no. Yeah. I am beautiful. I am chosen. Yeah. Even if you wake up and your hair's a rat's nest and there's got like five zits and mm-hmm. you're like you know like you're coming yeah. into the agreement despite that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I I am beautiful.
1: I am wanted. I am yeah. loved. I am worthy. Absolutely. And and it's it's hard, guys, I'm going to be honest, because now that I've have been trying to break that agreement now I actually have to do the real work of coming to God with, okay, God, then why am I single? Mm. What is the root reason? Why is that? And and in in seeking that out, the enemy is going to hit me with so many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Christina, you're not this enough. That's why you're single. Oh, but it's really this. You're too much of this, and that's why you're single. You know, so you, you really have to... Completely rely on God to give you that new agreement and mm-hmm. that new answer because you 're going to want to fall back into what 's comfortable mm-hmm. but you got to get with God and you guys ha- you have to work together and it's hard but it 's going to be so rewarding when you finally come into that new agreement and realize who you are actually meant to be yeah I think that is a good segue into the your gold. Portion yes, I love it. It's a good segue. I yes.
0: <laughs> um, so you are gold. You know, it's kind of. I feel like that's such a cliche thing mm-hmm. to be like, "You're gold" or "You're golden." Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and then and then it, it's not at all supposed to be in that at all. But when I was writing this or whatever, and this whole thing was just, I mean, total Holy Spirit download. Mm-hmm. I mean, believe it or not, like sixty pages of this book were written out of Panera. <laughs> Over the course of six I hours and four cups of coffee, yeah, and I literally was shaking. <laughs> I don't know if that was just like the spiritual like hype, mm. the coffee, yeah, the lack of sleep, or all of the above. Yeah, probably but all of it. I'm probably all of it. But yeah. um, but the the gold chapter was just something that the Lord really started highlighting all of these different things to me. Um, about gold, mm-hmm. and it, it all kind of fell together. And so what it's really talking about is is what the process of how gold is refined mm-hmm. and what that looks like, and, you know, if the Lord considers us to be gold, what that looks like in our refinement um, as well. Yeah. So you had some notes on it too.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I really love that you talk about the refinement process because you honestly could be like, you're gold, end chapter, next. But... You really talk about how there is refinement, and it's painful. You know, when you look at the, the process of gold, it goes through a very high temperature, um, and that's not particularly comfortable, right? No. <laughs> so in order for us to become gold, we have to be purified. Mm-hmm. And purification is not a painless process, not in the slightest. Um, if it were everybody would do it. You know, we wouldn't be the narrow, we wouldn't be walking through the narrow gate anymore. We would be walking through the wide gate that everybody falls into. So, um, it's really important to go through that process of refinement. And, and because of Jesus, we are gold at the beginning of the day. And at the end of the day, we are gold. But in order to step into that goldness, (laughs) um, we need to be purified. And, um, I wanted to look at... So, I don't know if you guys are familiar with The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. You probably are, because it's amazing, and I literally talk about it all the time. Um, But there's this particular scenario in which the people who... I haven't read it in a while, so you'll have to forgive me if I'm wrong or whatever. But the people who are in heaven, they don't belong there, and they... Are too weak, basically, to bear the glory of heaven. Um, like their feet can't even touch the grass without it being painful for them. Um, and going along with that, in Second Corinthians four seventeen, it says, "For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison." So basically, when we, when we get to heaven, we want to have gone through that purification process and that strengthening of our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, because it means that we will be able to bear the weight of glory mm-hmm. um, and that's not an easy process you know we need to go through trials in order to be purified um, and it's going to be painful and it's it's going to hurt but you come out on the other side stronger mm-hmm. and more faithful and just better I mean you you come out Shinier, more beautiful, and worth more than any earthly gold. Um, so it's worth it. I would say to go through oh, that totally. painful process. <laughs> I think looking at it too, and I talk
0: about this in here, but the Sadrak, and the mm-hmm. you know, and they were oh, th- yes. thrown in the fire, and literally, like some of the like the dude who was like supposed to like take them to the fire like died because because it was so hot. hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Um, yeah, you know, they're being led into this fire and then they like look through the little window and they're like, wait, we put three guys in there. Why are there four? Yeah. And it was because the Lord was standing there with them. And so I think what that really means for us Mm -hmm. is yes, that literally happened to them. Right. And you think about like the fallout of that, like, holy smokes, like literally, like (laughs) (laughs) pun not intended or pun always intended. Yeah, of course. But, um, but looking at that, but then thinking for us, what that means for us today and why that was written down? Yes, mm-hmm. there was a miracle that happened. But looking at us today, because we don't go through that alone. That right. the Lord stood with them, and He stands with us when we go through the metaphoric fire. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, no one's throwing you in a furnace. Gosh, because I pray for that right now. That that never happens. Thank yeah, you. but you know, <laughs> but but there's spiritual. There's a spiritual thing. Of it. Through fire's refinement, yeah, um, and times when really like something is being burned out of us, Mm -hmm. and that can be hard. But we know that God is right there with us. He's standing right there in that fire with us, and that's and in turn we're becoming gold. Mm -hmm. And
1: He's getting rid of those impurities to make us spotless. Yeah, I just love that picture. That is so beautiful. Of like Jesus holding my hand and walking through this hard time, because it's it's. Hard, And we literally can't do it without him. In our own brokenness and humanness, we cannot do any of this purification, any of this true lasting change and fulfillment without Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's beautiful that he walks us through it. Totally. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, And the next part is fearlessly walking into the person that you are. And so for this part... um, I've mentioned Shannon many times on the podcast before. <laughs> and honestly, I, like, partially credit her that this podcast exists because she gave me the guts to do it. Love that. Um, but she and I kind of have this, like, little idiom. And it started when she and I first started hanging out. Um, I had been given the word fearless.
1: Mm.
0: Or something came up with the word fearless. And it was around my birthday. And she literally, she got me the cutest little birthday gift. But one of the things she got me was this little packet of tissues that said, like, find your fearless.
1: Oh, and yes. we were both like,
0: wait. What? (laughs) Um, And then, so we kind of have this little idiom, if you will, of being fearlessly authentic. And we got these little tote bags that I got from Target that say fearlessly Mm. authentic on them, too. Yes, I Um, love that. It was just cute. It was like kismet, and I was like, that's a Holy Spirit thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, the truth of it is really walking forward into that fearlessness. Mm. And um, something I absolutely love of Proverbs 31, so most translations say that the Proverbs 31 woman will laugh at the future to come.
1: Mm.
0: And you read that, and you're kind of like... Well, that's a little arrogant. You don't really know what your future. going to You're kind of like, I mean, I might chuckle, but I'm not going to laugh in the future. So. Yeah. Or might the nervous laughter. Yeah, absolutely um, nervous. But, <laughs> but I, so I wanted to investigate that. And so a few years ago, and I'll use this at some point, I did um, an in-depth study of every line of Proverbs 31. And so I mm. have this interlinear direct translation Bible. And it kind of sounds like Yoda when you read it at times yeah. because it's directly translated. And right. so you're Something directly from the original Hebrew, it's a little,
1: a little dicey. little dicey. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, but the direct translation actually says she walks without fear and can rejoice in the future to come. Mm. And thinking about how rejoicing and laughing, in certain contexts, those are synonyms. Right. But in this context, it's like that has a totally different meaning mm-hmm. that you're rejoicing in the future to come versus like. Laughing like, ha ha! Yeah. Look at the future to come. Right. And no, I'm rejoicing because I know no matter what will come, um, Romans eight twenty eight promises me that mm. the Lord will get the glory and yes. it'll be for my benefit. So whatever the outcome might be, mm. whether that's on this side of the veil or the next there will be that beautiful future. Right. To come. And so it's not really being like, "Haha, look at this future. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that's what kind of the, the chapter goes into and, in really looking at living in that authenticity. Mm-hmm. And I was discussing with Christina earlier, cause uh, we were talking, she was like, how real can I be? And, yeah. <laughs> and I loved it. Um, but, but the heart of this whole podcast and whatever else is just to be authentic mm-hmm. and it's, it's to be real. And I think, yeah, The world's full of plenty of fake, and you know, so being real is is a rarity, but gosh, oh. I just, I can't imagine that.
1: Yeah, you know, why not? Everybody goes through stuff. Mm-hmm. We all go through crap, y'all. Pardon my French if you don't like that word, but we do, <laughs> and it's foolish to pretend that we don't, even as Christians. You know, you see a lot of fake in the church, and a lot of, yes, too blessed, to be stressed, amen, love you, everybody just love each other. You know, like, it's just, it's, there's a lot of fake, and we we need to step back from that. And be real with each other.
0: They got to be real. Yeah. Um, and that, it, that authenticity ushers forth a totally new season. Mm. And um, a few weeks back, we talked about Isaiah 61, the instead's chapter. Um, you know, and, and instead of, um, instead of mourning a spirit of joy... Instead of despair, a garment of praise, and, and the back and forths of that. And really, when we hand him our masks and our intentions and our lives, he's going to give us back our authentic selves. Mm. And he's going to give us crowns of beauty instead of the ashes we heap upon ourselves in sorrow. He's going to give us those garments of praise instead of the spirit of despair that we put on us. And he's going to give us the ability to be adopted into the kingdom with the inheritance that comes from that, yeah. with heirs, co-heirs of Christ. Yeah. Instead of our disgrace and shame.
1: Mm.
0: And it also, I mean, the double portion. So double portions are kind of like manna, you know, mm. on a Saturday. So on Saturdays, the manna would come down double, so there was enough for Sunday as well. Right. But that's what God wants to give us of himself mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. And looking at that and not just settling for good enough, but he's the God of Ephesians 3.20. Right. Um, yeah. And I think... In truth, and that's not a prosperity gospel kind of thing, like money. It has nothing to do with money whatsoever. It's purely when we give God the things we're trying to be, we're striving to be, the Mm -hmm. things that we're faking that we are faking to you make it. When we give that to God, what he's going to give us back is authenticity. Yeah. And a double portion of that. Right. And so you'll become, like, very much you. you
1: Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I think um, here's the thing, like... Satan wants us to not be ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think his goal is to paralyze us, mm-hmm. to just not do anything. And I think one of the one of the main things he does to achieve this, especially in women, is I get told a lot, not necessarily by people, but by that nagging voice in my head, that I am simultaneously too much and not enough. And it's paralyzing because... Part of me wants to strive to to fix the not enough, but then the other part of me needs to scale back the too muchness of myself, and the result is me just paralyzed. Um, and that's what he wants. Um, just speaking for myself, I'm a uh, Callie knows this, but I'm a very goofy gal. Like I joke around a lot, and I. Um, I'm loud, I laugh really loud It's, it's <laughs> you've heard it on this um, But I have been told by the enemy that that's too much That part of myself is too much You know, Christina, quiet down, you're too loud Or people don't like funny girls It's just not a cute look for you, like, scale it back And then at the same time, he's also telling me You're also not funny enough Do more, you know, like, be better at that be more feminine, be more spiritually mature, or no one's going to love you, you know, really harsh stuff that I'm believing, um, and that I'm paralyzed by. And that's, that's really the enemy trying to get at you. And he will succeed unless you take a look at what God says about you. Mm -hmm. Unless you start believing that you are gold, you're not, you're not going to act like it. You know, Satan is going to get in there and and mess with you, um, so that's why it's so important. Because you know Satan's pretty good at his job, you know. As much as I don't <laughs> don't want to give that up, I mean he is, and we have to really fight against that and replace that with God's truth about yourself. You are loved. You are not too much. You are absolutely enough, and that's just that. Mm-hmm.
0: And also realizing that your identity is something that only fits you. Yes. And I love that. Yeah. And it kind of brings it back around in the end. And I did not mean for, like, the Cinderella thing to be a thing, but it is a thing. Because <laughs> um, I didn't want to make this book too girly or, or anything else. But um, actually, the, the story behind that whole thing actually was I had been invited to go to this church by a friend of mine, Um, Multiple times. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just was kind of like, yeah, you know, I'll go at some point. Yeah. And one day I was driving and I just had this overwhelming feeling like the Lord was like, you need to go to Carlos Church this weekend. And so literally she wasn't even going to be there. I didn't even know that. And so I went and sure enough, um, the topic, the sermon was on identity. Mm -hmm. And this woman walks up to me, this random woman walks up to me and she shares something with me, which she had no idea about, like, who I actually am mm. or some of the weird things that happened in my life. Yeah. Or anything. And she just says, well, you know, identity is a lot like Cinderella's slipper. It's only something that can fit you. Mm. It's only designed to fit you. And so, like, my jaw is on the ground. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Lady, like, you don't even know half <laughs> the Cinderella theme. Yeah. It seems to be cascading through my life. Right. Um... And <laughs> the amount of Cinderella shoes I have at this point. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but that was something that really just blew my mind. And it's true because we we somehow believe that, okay, well, our identity is something that it's like a personality type where we mm-hmm. multiple people can fit into it. Right. Um, but it's not. It's, it's yeah. only something that was made to fit you. And so just like Cinderella slipper was only ever made to fit her, that mm-hmm. no one else in all of the kingdom could ever wear it, only yeah. her. That's our identities for us. And that's how yeah. God designed it. And it's not meant to be corny. That's not meant to be, it's not even meant to be fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It's, that's meant to be something true right. that God made to be reality. And, um, and last week I was talking about how in the depths of fairy tales, there's this idealism that every heart truly hopes and aspires that it could be true.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and that is why, even as adults, we still cling yeah. to these fairy tales. Yeah. Um, but this is something that is true. Right. That the true identity and walking out and living in that is only something that can fit you, mm. and replacing it with God's truth and knowing that you are exactly as funny as you should be, right. and you should embrace <laughs> it, and everybody yeah. loves it, and everybody loves you, and if you were anything else, they'd be sad. Right, because you add so much humor yeah. and and joy to our group, and. To those around you, and, and you meet people and hit it off quickly, and that's yeah. And your humor's fun. If you were just this boring cubicle person, cyborg, like, we'd be sad, yeah. <laughs> that's that's when we'd be like, okay, um, Something's up. have a nice life, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, but but we love you, and I think, um, oftentimes, I think the enemy goes to attack the very thing that the Lord uses the most in our ministry.
1: Oh, yeah, I just got chills. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, always, I've always struggled with the concept of God's love. Because I've always thought, God loves me because he loves everybody. You know, God's love is general. Um, it's not specific. He loves humans. I'm a human. Therefore, he loves me. But recently, I mean, really recently, I've thought, up until recently, I've thought this. Um, But he's been showing me that, no, his love for you is so specific. Mm. I mean, he created you, for goodness sakes. Like, he saw a hole in this world that could only be filled by you. And so he created you because he knew that you needed to be here. And that everything that makes you you, all of your stuff, all of your weaknesses, all of the things that you love all of the things that put a stupid smile on your face, all of your puns, (laughs) you know, (laughs) all of... I feel personally attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Just everything that makes you you, everything about you, he crafted it, Mm -hmm. and he loves it. Oh, my gosh, he loves it, all of it. And not just because you're a person, not just because you're a human and he has to love you. No, he chooses to love you um, because of you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that comes into the, the final little bit of the book. Yes, Second um, Corinthians three sixteen, which is why this book is called unveiled. Mm-hmm. It says, "But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom." So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image.
1: Mm.
0: And so now's the time. It's not to be put off for next year. It's yep. not to be put off for some later date. Now is the time to be unveiled to the world. Yeah. Now is the time to turn to the Lord and give that to him and allow him to usher you into your independence and your freedom mm. and live with that unveiled face, unashamed, unmasked, fearless, yeah. golden, yes, and ready to do whatever the Lord puts on your heart. And that's yeah. looking into the spirit and living by the spirit mm. and, you know, living in that Romans eight life by the spirit and fearlessly and knowing that wherever the spirit of the Lord takes you is where the spirit of the Lord is going to keep you mm. and
1: grow you and bless you. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the the beautiful thing about it is you will be the most fulfilled, the most joyful, the most... You will feel the most loved when you step forward into who God made you to be, mm-hmm. into who you're supposed to be. I mean, that's what true contentment is. In this world, we're always searching for contentment, and this is what's going to bring it. Holy contentment is stepping into those new wineskins and... Stepping into who you truly are, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah, becoming the person you never dreamed you could
0: be—confident, free, loved, and unveiled. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Christina, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you, I had so much Uh, fun. Good, thank you. I love I love having you on here. This is fun. You got to come back. I will. You got to come back for another one. One Oh, absolutely! You don't have to tell me twice. So (laughs) (laughs) um, again, if you guys have not checked out the book, it's on Amazon. It's on Kindle. Um, it's only 10 bucks, so. Yeah. Um, and any proceeds, all oh. go to, uh, ministry work as well, so I don't know if that's ever been said,
1: but. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, give up your two Starbucks drinks for the week. <laughs> Buy this book,
0: y'all! <laughs> so, um, yeah. Dear Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this time that we got to have just to honor and glorify you. Um, Lord, thank you for Christina, for her vulnerability, for her rawness, and just um, her sincerity and authenticity. Lord, I pray for our listeners, and I pray that they will fearlessly walk to have unveiled faces revealed by you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.